welcome to On The Stool. Sean Doughty is the guest this week, and uh, it's quite a treat, this interview. It's slightly more serious than the rest, but lots of Oprah moments in there. So looking forward to share that one. Now, before we move on to the interview, as usual, I am going to talk a little bit about the admin on this podcast. Now, I'm working very hard trying to get you guys some worthwhile guests. And, uh, you know, I don't know that many people. You know, I'm not God. So I, um, the other day I was walking down the street and I saw this comedian who is a very funny guy, you know, quite a good profile, would have been perfect for this podcast. And um, I thought, you know what, I'll, t- I'll take a risk. So I went up to him and I, I interrupted him in his uh, phone call. And I said, look, I know you, you know, I also do comedy and I have a podcast and I would love to interview you for that. And um, he just looked at me for a few seconds and then I kind of had to initiate again. So I said, do you have Facebook? How can I, you know, get in touch with you? And he said, I'm not on social media. And I kind of, you know, intentionally left quite an extended pause there. I thought, well, Sure, you're not on social media, but everyone's got a phone. So I just left him a pause to um, reach into his pocket and get out his phone, right? Give me his phone number. He didn't do that. So at this point, you know, it was one of those character defining moments. Like I had a choice and the choice was I was either going to, you know, retrieve, give up, politely say thanks and leave, or I was going to go that extra mile, you know, and I was going to insist that he gives me some contact details here, right? And um, I I did choose that option. I said to him, well, how am I going to contact you then if I don't have your social media or your phone number? And he said about nothing for five seconds. And then he made a joke. I guess he thought this would be a good time for a joke. So he said, oh, I guess we'll have to run into each other on the street again. Ha. Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't get his phone number. He left. And that was that, really. Uh, I don't really know what to say about it, to be honest with you. I think it was a bit inappropriate of him to make a joke, seeing as I had made the effort, you know, initiated a conversation. I'm clearly very passionate about my podcast and stuff. You know, it just wasn't wasn't a good time for a, a joke. Was there? I mean, you know, what, what's that supposed to mean? See you on the street next time. I mean, what am I supposed to just hang out on a street, hang out on Toriano Avenue for 12 hours a day, like right after he's had breakfast and all the way up until dinner time, uh, just in the hope that he'll walk past. I mean, the whole idea is absurd, frankly, and I, I don't find it funny. Clearly he did. You know, I, mean, I guess maybe it just shows that he wasn't right for this podcast after all, with that kind of um, a sense of humor. So, yeah, moving on, moving on, plodding on, I should say, really. I hope you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, Sean talks to us about her challenges with her age, her a couple of, of weird, funny experiences. And I do go on for quite a while asking her how bad she really wants comedy. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy this one. Please welcome... Sean Doughty. Welcome, Sean Doughty. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Rosanna. Uh, Sean Doughty, but it's fine. Okay, uh, Sean Doughty. Doughty. As, in, as, as in, I doubt that I will do this correctly. Okay, okay. Um, I, I might get that wrong again, if that's all right. That's, that's yeah. okay. I don't, yeah. I don't perform under that name, so I don't really mind. It's fine. All right, all right, great. So, uh, Sean, like I said, I'm going to be asking some difficult questions and you have the right to, you know, invoke the, the bruised ego button uh, twice during this interview. Obviously, I hope you, I hope you won't do that. Uh, is that all right with you? Yes, that's, that's fine. I won't answer any questions I'm not comfortable with, um, I, I think, unless you catch me right. off guard. <laughs> Sounds good. Let, let's, hope, okay. let's hope I catch you off guard. So tell us, Jean, what brought you to comedy? Um, I'm not quite sure. I, I, was, um, I was always interested in stand-up. And um, I had done some film and TV extra work. Uh, but when I was getting divorced, um, I was still living in the same house as my soon-to-be ex-husband. And it was very stressful. And I, I saw an advert for a free, for a taster, for a comedy course. So I thought it's a way of getting out of the house. Okay, that's quite interesting. So would it be fair to assume that you were going through a bit of a, a hard time Yes, yes, it would. The, the divorce, and then this was kind of a, a release of energy, or I mean, not a cry for help because that's strong, but but mm. something of that sort. Yes, I think so. I certainly needed to get out of the house in the evenings because that was when my husband came home from work, and uh, you know we didn't really want to be in the same uh, house. Uh, we were hardly ever in the same room for two and a half years, which was pretty horrible. Okay, okay. I mean, I can kind of relate to that because I've been living with flatmates in London for the past decade. And I would say I've definitely done more gigs than I would have had I lived alone. Let's just... Yes, yes, so, I understand. The shared house thing, yes. It's, it's terrible. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, that's kind of relatable. Like, you you, you had a situation, the, the divorce, etc. But not a lot of, I suppose, people in your situation would have been confident enough to then go... Oh yeah, I, I'll go on. I'll go on stage now. You know that's fine. I can do that, and especially at, at your age. So, what made you do that? I've always been um, quite adventurous, but in in unusual ways. So, I'm not adventurous in the fact that I go travelling or go into the jungle or go skydiving or anything. But I do, I do uh, do strange things. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm quite quite an unusual, unusual personality. Um, I, I honestly don't know. It just things just happen. I make. I, I. I don't. I don't hang around for waiting for things to happen. I make things happen, and it's uh, my mantra, which has sometimes let me down. Is it seemed like a good idea at the time, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've made a lot of mistakes uh, since my divorce by thinking something seemed like a good idea at the time. Not all of which can be broadcast, unfortunately. Well, maybe fortunately. Um. Right. Well, that's a shame. I was uh, looking forward to ask you about those things that can't be can't be broadcast. But um, yes. all right. Yes. Um, so, do you think when you go up on stage? I mean, wh what do you think the audience? thinks do you think part of them tune out or do you think they think oh th this probably is going to be good it depends on the audience when I first started doing it I could sense especially with the young people when I got on stage you could almost sense them yes exactly tuning out so so is it difficult for you to be in that situation on on stage where like you said you see some people tuning out merely because of your your age really Yes, uh, I wear glasses, 
But when I'm on, because I'm vain, I don't wear my glasses on stage. And when I first started performing, that was quite useful. And I've read a number of interviews with stars, uh, Michael Hutchins, John Lennon, for instance, who preferred not to wear glasses on stage because they couldn't see the audience reaction. And so um, that was quite helpful. And you probably know, again, uh, well, you know, as as a comedian, you tend to focus on the people that aren't enjoying your set rather than the ones that are. And so the best thing for me is not to be able to see them. Gosh, that's that's quite a good shortcut, isn't it? I mean, I feel like you've really uh, you've really found a life hack there because the hardest part about comedy is is that you are in real life, you know, in real time watching people not enjoy you and the, the fact that you can just tune that out by not wearing glasses that's a pretty pretty good idea i've just adapted that technique very recently uh, for the for the dreaded zoom call so sean talking about um i, I suppose extending the, the chat we we had about your age do you think that you you can still be commercially viable sadly no Really? You don't you don't think No, I don't think so unless I do something ludicrous. Um okay. no, no, I don't think so. And I think if I was commercially viable, I would have been discovered by now. I'm not commercially viable because I mean my my years of productivity are limited, very sadly. Right. I mean okay, but I mean don't you think there's something that we could do about that though? What like what what could you possibly do you said if you do something ludicrous i mean i mean what kind of ludicrous stuff would you do just talk about different things wear a crazy hat like what are we talking about well barbara nice uh the character comedian barbara nice who's a similar age to me she judges the silver stand-up competition so i've met her a couple of times and she's a similar age to me she's she's over the top she doesn't mind looking really silly and i'm afraid i won't do that I, I, i want i like being funny but i don't want to look ridiculous you don't want to look ridiculous, so but you will allow that to actually hamstring your potential comedy success. I'm afraid so. My innate vanity has stymied my career. I'm I'm sorry to say, yes. Okay. Why do you think that that is? Because that's quite. It's not great that you're letting letting the, your vanity get in the way of your success, right? I know. I know. Um, it's it's very sad. It, it's probably the reason that I'm not on Britain's Got Talent next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm interested in this because, you know, we all have an ego, for sure. Okay. It sounds a bit like you're you're getting your vanity or your ego let in the way of your success. So, I mean, why would you do that? Because I'm a flawed human being, Rosanna. <laughs> yes, but I mean, I, I'm just because you seem like you're really passionate about comedy. You seem like you really want this, right? So then why not go for it? I mean, why let something stop you? Well, I suppose that means I'm not, maybe I'm not as passionate about it as I thought I was. I have been advised on a number of occasions to dress in a different way on stage because the the contrast between what I say and what I look like would be even greater. Mm-hmm. And I've resisted that. And again, maybe maybe I'd be even more funny or more shocking if I did uh, turn up looking like the Mrs. Merton character. I You may not know who I mean by Mrs. Merton. And I mean, I, I didn't want to try and copy her anyway, but I was, I was advised that, that I, there was already a shock value in my act, but it would be even more shocking if I... Was if I made myself even less attractive, 
and I couldn't go that extra mile because at my age, you know, you have to, you try and hang on to what attractiveness you still have. Well, I did, you know, mm. I'm not going, to, I'm not going to light my farts on stage or anything like that. Mm. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too interested in the vanity conundrum you brought up, okay. but I would love okay. to have you go up on stage with a ridiculous hat, you know, and do whatever it takes to, to get to, to that next level because you don't really have another, you know, 10, 20 years to do it, right? No. So it's kind of now or never, isn't it? I think it's going to have to be never. <laughs> the only thing I might do is, is go, on, go on stage in a, a, a coloured wig uh, because uh, that's something I've thought about. But again, I look mm-hmm. better without the wig. And that's my that's that's the ultimate thing for me. I try and look my best. And yeah, I'm sorry. I think vanity and COVID in that order has probably stymied my career. Sure. Now, I've I've spoken to a few people who think that you are one of the 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 finest writers in 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 comedy. <laughs> okay, that wasn't actually a joke, Sean. But okay, uh, right? Could you could you explain that laughter, please, for people who are baffled no, perhaps at this stage? No, no, that's a, that is a joke, isn't it? No, it's not. That that was a that You're was. Joking. I mean, I know I I told you this was a difficult interview, but that was actually just a, an intro to a question. I didn't even ask the question. Why why are you laughing right now? Well, because I can't imagine anyone saying that. But it's it's. I've, it's, I've heard it's, your stuff. You're a pretty good. You're a pretty good writer. So I don't see you find that difficult to believe. Yes, yes. But thank you very much for that. You've given me a really good laugh. No, I mean, I, look, I try my. <laughs> I love I love making people laugh. I, I can't help doing it. My therapist keeps on telling me off for trying to make a laugh mm. because I can't I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say anything for a laugh, and that's got me into trouble on many in, a, in real life on many occasions. The bit about the writing, well, that's lovely to hear. It's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. You can, you know, a lot of people are are surprised when they when they do get compliments in 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 our little community. But I mean, do you think part of you just doesn't really believe in in the fact that you are actually a, a really good writer? I think I'm good with words. Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems I've got with comedy is I'm not a very good performer. I think, um, again, my innate vanity stopped me doing this. Someone else could perform my material better than I can. Mm. I've had my um, performance criticised on more than one occasion. Right. I mean, do you think there's anything you could, you could do about that in particular? Could you, you know, could you try to be more expressive, try to use more body language? I have tried. I have tried. I, mm. th- I think I have improved. Yes, I think I have improved, but I've still got a long way to go. I don't think I'm very natural on stage. I think I'm better off stage in some ways. But on stage, I, for instance, I can't deal with interruptions. I can't improvise, all sorts of things. I've got to stick to my script. If somebody, if, if I get distracted or something goes wrong, I'm absolutely useless. Can't do it. Can't deal with it. Right. I mean, do, do you think, and I'm, I'm genuinely curious about this, do, do you think you can learn ways around that or do you think part of that is to to do with your age perhaps as well I think it's to do with my personality I did try Mm. and deal with it I Mm. a few years ago I went to I went on an improv course um to try and help me deal because I and I hate improv with a passion (laughs) I I I I just it's awful I didn't really enjoy it I, I I felt that I was I looked 
totally out of place. They were all very nice to me, but um, it, it didn't really help me. Sure, sure. Unfortunately, no. Do you think that some younger male comics in the in the sort of community of of open mic and comedy do you think some of them see you and think oh there's my mom now I can seek comfort and solace and just start complaining Uh, (laughs) well I've I didn't really think about it until a couple couple of things happened within a short period and I, I remember two two separate incidents when I did a gig the MC was very young he was something like 20 at the time so I was almost old enough to be his grandmother really and he introduced me as his mum which I thought was very funny. And then a few weeks after that, I did this gig up in central London and I was chatting to a young comedian who was really sweet and he went on and did his stuff and he did a whole load of new material and it died an absolute death. And when he came back, he sat next to me and he put his head on my shoulder. (laughs) And I felt really, really honoured and touched and just let... (laughs) It was very strange. Mm. I would be appalled if someone did that to me but you were you were honored well it wasn't <laughs> but it wasn't sex. well obviously it wasn't sexual I mean sure sure but still I, w- I would still be appalled frankly oh really okay yeah, I think so <laughs> <laughs> I don't want someone's head on my shoulder especially someone I'm not you know engaged with and so you've never you've never been on a late night crowded tube then <laughs> no I, I I think people just see my face and get that they should should not sit next to me. That's what happens, you know, Sean, yeah. Well, I thought I gave up those vibes as well, Rosanna. Um, that's um, one of the reasons why, I, why I, I, my marriage probably didn't work. Um, but he, he obviously felt so sad. He just wanted to cuddle up with someone who, who, who was his mum's age. I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. So, so sorry, I, di- I didn't quite get that uh, reference there. Why, um, why is that the reason your, your marriage didn't work? Because I give off uh, uh, stay away vibes. <laughs> Ask my husband; he'll tell you. My ex-husband. Okay. <laughs> even even with with this guy that you've spent quite a few years with, you still give uh, stay away vibes. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Maybe maybe anyway. he just wasn't right for you. There's no maybe about it. There's no <laughs> maybe about it. I mean. Listening to you sort of speaking, I, I, I think it's obvious you're very passionate about comedy, but, you know, obviously we've discussed certain challenges, you know, vanity, etc. I mean, do you think that you've tried hard enough? Oh, no, no, you're very, you're very astute. No, I haven't, because mm. I haven't written, I haven't done as much writing as I could have done. I don't think I've tried hard enough to uh, uh, write new material. I don't think I've done as many gigs as I could have done I have done about 600 gigs but I could have done more Mm. Um, I I, I was easing off before the pandemic I was easing off you probably just written my school report um (laughs) I think I've got all my school reports and um there's one that's my needlework teacher wrote almost in capitals but not quite she should listen to instructions that's what it says on my needlework report Generally, you know, Sean, Sean didn't try hard enough, never tried hard enough. I think that could be my ep- the epitaph on my, on my gravestone, except I'm going to be cremated. <laughs> if I was buried, it would say she didn't try hard enough. Oh, uh, gosh, that's brutal. I'm listening to all this, you know, thinking, but, but, but why? You know, just 
do do more or whatever like why so why do you think you've not maybe written more like you say and written more jokes and gone to more of those gigs even though they were open mics let's say laziness mm. just pure laziness do you think yep i think so do you think you you want this hard enough oh well i don't know i'm not quite sure what to say to that um uh, um well i've had it i've had it like a lot of people i've had an absolutely dreadful year uh not mm. just because of covid because of some other things and um it would be quite nice to have my have a final a first and last tour it would have to be wouldn't it and also i mean you know what all this is about i'm getting revenge on my husband you must realize this this is what it's all about um, is it I, yes oh yes definitely. okay because he didn't think i was funny so i see yeah it's all a complicated revenge uh scenario um and the reason that i'm called sally is because that's the name of the woman he went off with during our divorce oh gosh but they're not together anymore i don't even know whether he knows that this is it's a very long story but yes he didn't think i was funny he didn't think i was funny and i didn't think he was funny obviously <laughs> we should never have got married so it sounds like a bad combination seeing oh, as you, you like funniness yeah yes dreadful I mean, he, but he thought he was funny and when i met him he was but I think I probably um, sucked all the funniness out of him. I mean, it's interesting that you talk about it as, you know, this all being being revenge. But I suppose the cynic in me is thinking, are you sure that this isn't for you, the comedy? Well, um, that it's mostly for you, really, that you're well, doing yes, it. Well, yes, it is. It's lovely making people laugh, isn't it? It's, mm. it's the greatest pleasure the greatest pleasure and we certainly all need a laugh at the moment and I think sex is very funny and I can't write I've tried really hard to write a set without any reference to sex that's still funny can't do it so back comes the sex every time I see what is it you you find funny about sex well the whole thing is absurd isn't it if you look at it you just think about think about it it's not it's not attractive if you look at it coldly it's not attractive and and so much can go wrong and um most people have got dreadful stories if you go on twitter there's always some dreadful story somebody wants to tell you about but but do you have do you have a lot of these dreadful stories oh yes okay. oh yes yes and they're more dreadful because they've happened to somebody from the age of 58 when i got got this when my divorce proceedings began but they're all the more d- disgusting and humiliating because because they happened to an older woman who should have known better right Right. <laughs> I mean, can you, you know, being a a fifty eight year old woman, can can you give us some advice on what to avoid then, so that we don't get into those situations? Or are they unavoidable situations, really? Well, no, I can't really because I'm much more um, adventurous than most people. Anyway, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it clearly wasn't. Hmm. Hardly anything really bad has happened, Rosanna. A couple of really bad things did happen, but hardly anything really bad has happened. And uh, I'm not in the business of um, bearing my real soul on stage. I did it once. I did it once at a workshop, at a We Are Funny workshop that was organised by Alfie Noakes, who used to run. Mm. In, in, uh, there was the Dirty Dicks. I did a couple of workshops with him. And I did once talk quite frankly for about five minutes and you didn't you didn't enjoy that or it it wasn't a good feedback or what was the issue 
I think they were all a bit stunned because normally I make everything funny. But I mean, it was that was the first time you had done that. Do you think maybe if you had gone home and 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 tried to rewrite that? that I mean, I, I suppose where I'm coming from is uh, it feels a shame for me in a way that you have some of these. So if we're talking quite frankly, some of these horrible or whatever bad you know situations, like you said, sexual or not, and that that you're kind of not talking about them. I kind of feel like, well, wouldn't there be some I don't know, purpose to them if you did share them? I don't think there's any purpose to sharing them with a wider audience. Um, Most of my girlfriends have heard them, Mm. uh, have heard the stories. But Um, why wouldn't there be a purpose to to sharing them with an audience? I don't think anyone's going to learn anything from it because people make their own mistakes. I mean, for instance... I mentioned romance scammers, which which is mm. something that I've become completely absorbed with in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time talking to romance scammers, and I don't give them any money, obviously. People know about romance scammers, and they're told about romance scammers, and they still give money to complete strangers. If there was a film made about your life, and, and we were watching the trailer, what would the trailer show? You could have two clips. You could have one clip of me performing to two men and a dog in East London. Um, and then you could have another clip of me, you know, winning the King Kong at the Comedy Store. But as I said, that, that, that should have been the start of something good, big, but it never did. It never, it didn't come to, come to any fruition. I've been begging for gigs there ever since. Well, we don't, we don't know that yet, do we? Because it's not, the end of the film hasn't happened until you're dead, technically, so... Oh, that's true. So it, that's true. it could still, anything could happen, really. Yes, indeed, indeed. I've always got um, Lynn Ruth Miller as inspiration, who's 80-something and is gigging or has been performing for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. So it, it sounds like, to conclude, you need to find a ridiculous hat, write some more jokes, and then you'll be, uh, you'll be better than, uh, than all of us, really. So. Well, well, that's very promising. I need to go away and write some jokes right now. <laughs> I'll go and do that. Indeed, indeed. So I always, you know, ask at the end, let's end on something positive. But I feel like we, we probably already did, didn't we? That was kind of quite a positive ending. Um, yes. I can't imagine what I would have been doing in the last few years if I hadn't been doing comedy. And, you know, the comedy has given me some, I've made some really good friends as well comedy has given me an enormous amount of pleasure yes I, I like to think I've given people pleasure mm. uh, by my comedy and that's a positive thing um yeah I think that's the best thing to say yeah indeed okay all right well thank you uh thank you very much Sean really enjoyed that interview thanks for coming on yes lovely thanks a lot okay thank, thank you. you bye 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 bye